0: Hello, I'm Connor Sweetman, and welcome to InsureTech Radio, the podcast that teaches you about how technology is transforming insurance and about the people making it happen. InsureTech Radio is brought to you by InsureTech Ireland. Visit insuretechireland.org and sign up for our community newsletter. It's a weekly email that gives you three nuggets from the InsureTech and startup ecosystems. This week, my guest is Jihan Abbas the founder and CEO of Griffin, Kenya's first digital car insurance company. Jihan is also founder of Alami, an insurance as a service platform that helps companies to create and distribute digital insurance products. Jihan tells me about Griffin's underwriting and claims process, how she built her team and about the startup scene in Kenya. Jihan got the idea for her business one day when she was in a restaurant. She was talking to a waiter and he told her something that caught her by surprise.
1: Yeah, he just told me that he didn't have health insurance and that nobody really had health insurance here. Um, so I started to kind of uh, do research to understand the reasons why, uh, and I came, came across some really shocking statistics. For example, in Kenya, there's 52 insurance companies, but less than uh, 3% insurance penetration. Um, so that wow. kind of made me uh, very curious as to uh, why why there's so many underwriters, but uh, not uh, but such a low level of insurance uptake. Um, and I kind of concluded that it was an infrastructure problem. Um, so that's why I, uh, decided to kind of set up an infrastructure company to allow other people to create digital insurance product products, um, to kind of increase that reach and awareness of insurance.
0: And when you say an infrastructure problem, like what were, what led you to that conclusion?
1: Uh, For me, um, I I think, I I don't know if you know much about the Kenyan market, but we're very driven on kind of technology. Um, We have, uh, we're the first uh, inventors of mobile money, for example. Um, However, we don't really leverage these kinds of technologies in insurance. So the insurance industry here has uh, kind of remained the same for over 70 years. uh, And products are kind of one size fits all. Um, There's not really, uh, there's a a lot of the underwriters kind of focus on corporate business as opposed to kind of uh, being able to sell insurance to the general public. And a lot of people are uninterested in buying insurance products because um, the products are expensive. They don't really feel like they're customized or tailored to the needs. Uh, so I try to kind of create a, a platform in which anyone can can kind of become an insurance, uh, a, a seller of insurance. Anyone can create digital products, and in that way, we'd we'll be able to kind of leverage on the existing technology, technologies that exist in the market to be able to actually produce and sell insurance products.
0: And you said that the insurance penetration is three percent. Is that right? Yes. Well, so uh, so lots of opportunity.
1: There's lots. There's lots of opportunity, especially in the micro insurance space, um, kind of creating products that are um, that fit the lower end of the spectrum. Uh, we don't really have that. Um, and a lot of people, unfortunately, here believe that insurance is a luxury for the wealthy. Uh, and that's because of years of overpricing of insurance and also uh, lack of trust to insurance companies because claims are not paid out. Uh, so it, it has kind of perpetuated the negative, uh, the, the kind of negativity around insurance.
0: Then I imagine, does that mean, so aside from uh making it easy for the customers to buy you know, via your technology. You you really have to think about your marketing and uh, uh, what messages you're sending to the public. Uh, would it be right in saying that? Yeah,
1: that's very true, especially with the Mocha product. Um, through our app, you can actually buy insurance in less than two minutes. Uh, and, and in Kenya, that was a process that took a couple of days. Um, and it gives a lot of flexibility to the customer so they can actually, for the first time, pause their cover, upgrade and downgrade when they want, kind of uh, tailor the duration of their product as well as uh, have their claims settled in a very short amount of time. So on average, the claim settlement is, takes 30 to 60 days here, but we promise in, to do it in seven days. And the fastest claim we're able, we've able we paid out has been in 15 minutes. Uh, and that's basically due to the infrastructure that we've built.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Uh, tell me about that one that took 15 minutes. Do you remember the, the, the claim itself, what happened? In the yeah. Last?
1: So it was just a, a windscreen um, claim. Uh, Nothing too too big and and what we've done is we've essentially built in a rules engine that can actually approve or decline Claims up to a certain limit and because that one was below the limit We are actually able to instantly kind of have that approved and settled
0: So how do you guys think about underwriting? So you said through the app people can purchase insurance in about two minutes and I just wonder how you build in like underwriting acceptance criteria uh, pricing that type of thing into that
1: so um, our team is basically built with, um, we have, uh, underwriters, actuaries, um, f- with a lot of experience in insurance. So what we did w- when we were building the platform is we kind of designed various, uh, data points that we needed to take into consideration, uh, for the underwriting process to have that happen in real time. Um, but as, as days pass, we we're actually adding on more data points. Um, for example, we're monitoring driving habits, uh, and things like that. And that's going to be able to actually allow us to be more accurate in our pricing. So at the moment, we we take in traditional variables and only a few kind of what you call new age variables like speed, breaking, uh, and things like that. Um, but we essentially just worked with the underwriter and actually to be able to take the processes that they use and have that done in a, in a digital fashion to be able to underwrite in real time. Um, but I think in terms of... Um, Accuracy of pricing and and how that translates into the claims process. We're only going to be able to reach a higher level of accuracy as we collect data and we can add various data points in the pricing, in the pricing engine that we've built.
0: So what is the, the claims process for Griffin? So say someone bumps into someone else on the road, or like you say, there's a crack in the windscreen. So from the moment that the, cl- that the incident happens, what, what does the customer have to do to um, to settle the claim?
1: Um, so we're, we're kind of in the process of uh, building um, kind of more AI-based claims processing. But as of now, the general process is we've onboarded, we have an emergency response uh, embedded in, in our app uh, so we're plugged into the largest decentralized network of emergency services in Kenya. Um, and through them, um, we're actually able to uh, immediately dispatch emergency services to the location of the accident in case the accident is is bad. Um, if not, the process is quite simple. You can just go to the app, um, click on the claims button and just upload, um, just, just give a quick account of uh, the process of what has happened, of the incident, and then upload the necessary documents. But the reason why we actually have this emergency services is firstly for the emergency service, just for the response. Uh, But also, in case it's a bad accident, they're the first on site. So they actually collect all the information for us. Uh, They take all the photographs. They rescue everyone to kind of reduce third-party liabilities and things like that. Um, And then we're able to use their information in, uh, as well as the information from the customer to be able to process the claim faster um, and more seamlessly. Uh, but what we I think, what we're working towards is being able to cost based on images as well, uh, so that we kind of can reduce incidents of fraud.
0: Oh yeah, uh, tell me more about that.
1: There's a lot. There's in Kenya fraud fraud rates in motor insurance are extremely high, uh, and I think one of the main problems is that there's huge gaps between when accidents occur and when they're reported, hmm. so leaving those large gaps. Actually, I think perpetuates the the fraud the in, in, in not only the intensity of the fraud but actually the incentive to commit fraud uh, and for us what we've tried to do is, is cut down that time to as minimal as possible um, and then we also work with partner garages um, to be able to actually um, assess the costs better and uh, ensure that um, fraud is not being committed.
0: So by including the emergency response in the app, as well, you're you're encouraging a, a quicker, uh, yes. quicker notification time.
1: Yeah, much faster because it's it'll be in real time as the accident occurs, um, and then we'll be able to compare the information collected then by the emergency response with the information given by the customer and the information oh, given by the garage. So you can have you have like three points of information that you can cross check to be able to ensure that um, no fraud is happening and actually the costs are as they should be.
0: Great. Uh, so when did you guys launch?
1: Uh, we launched our product uh, in January, at the end of January of this year. Uh, so it's, oh, wow. It's, been, yeah, so it's very just new. Been a few, yeah, it's just been a few months. Um, but it's been a very interesting few months for us.
0: And what have you learned uh, through that launch? Like, so if you're going to launch, say, home uh, or another line of business, um, what, what will you take with you from this current launch?
1: Uh, we were actually in beta testing for two months at the end of last year as well. Um, and in, in that process, we were getting kind of um, reviews from customers. We've, we're having design thinking sessions and usability tests. Uh, and I think um, that uh, that whole process kind of highlights the importance of in- involving the customer at each step, because even for certain products, um, things that we thought were obvious to the customer were not, and we we're able to actually change them and improve them so that it's the, the, the customer experience is the best that it could be. Um, so I think that's the main, that has been a very important lesson for us is always uh, making sure that we involve the customer from the start. Um, and then in terms of since the launch, um, I think how we approach sales is, uh, has been a big lesson. Um, uh, should you do B2C directly, which is very costly, or should you go B2B2C? Um, and I think in the, in a market like this in Kenya, I think B2B2C is probably a better option. Uh, because of brand awareness. That, like I mentioned, there's 52 insurance companies in the market. Um, a lot of people have been using the same insurance company for, for years. So how can we convert those people? But I think the easiest way is, is going b 2 b to c
0: And in, in that case, the b 2 b to c is that a broker in the middle or an insurer in the middle?
1: So what we've done is we've actually partnered with, uh, we're, one of our main partners is the largest uh, distributor of motorcycles in East Africa. Uh, and oh, through okay. them, we actually embedded the insurance in their point of sale system. So when they sell a motorcycle, we process the insurance immediately. Um, like oh, for God, yeah. So we're trying to do that with uh, car dealerships and things like that as well.
0: Right, so I'm curious how you've built your team since you started up. So you're going about 18 months, two years now, is that right?
1: Yes, it was just me at the start and then um, in July 2018, I recruited um, a few more people.
0: And So how did you uh, go about recruiting those people and building a team?
1: I tried to make sure that it's not very, we don't have a lot of people from traditional insurance, uh, but more, uh, try to leverage more on the technology aspect. So we just have the core people at like the underwriter and actually who are going to be designing the processes. Um, and then, like a robust tech team to actually build that out. Um, I think one of the main things I realized is that um, you we you we hire as the, the demand comes in. You know, so as soon as we see that things are picking up in sales and we need more salespeople, then we we kind of recruit then. But what we've been able to do is kind is um, is open up applications for various roles and then shortlist them and keep. Um, those profiles that we think we might be hiring over the next few months. Um, that kind of helps us uh, make things a little bit faster um, because in terms of bringing people in, it it just happens out of the blue that, say, you'll get a, a big contract and you need a few more people on board. Um, and also, it's important for us to kind of keep our burn rate as low as possible, especially with COVID-19. Um, so we're just trying to balance the two.
0: And I've heard uh, Kenya described before as uh, Silicon Savannah and it being a bit of a tech hub. Is there truth to that? And what is the startup scene like in Kenya?
1: Yes, it's, it's always been booming. Uh, we have great startups here. Um, a lot of interesting companies coming up and that have come up in the past as well. Uh, some have been very successful. Um, I would say that, um, it's, it's definitely diverse in the sense that we have a lot of uh, foreigners coming to set up businesses here because of the ease of doing business um, and things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite an exciting space, but I, I would say it's mostly geared towards uh,
0: fintech. What kind of drives the hub? Is it is there government initiatives or is there something uh, culturally different that encourages it?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, mostly because of the the central bank. They've had a lot of initiatives to kind of um, shine a light on fintech and the importance of fintech. And also, our hi- historically, we've set up Mpesa, which is a mobile payments. Uh, so a lot of startups leverage on that and ride on that um, to be able to build out other products like payments products um, and and various other products in the space
0: and you mentioned as well there that uh, a lot you know a lot of foreigners will, will come to set up uh, businesses in kenya well, what, what attracts uh, people from outside of kenya
1: i would say it's the the environment the fact that um in terms of regulation it's we're a lot more advanced than other african countries so it's very easy to set up a business here and also um i would say that um a lot of funds, uh, VCs like to invest in Kenyan-based companies, um, Kenyan startups. So setting up here is a, it's a big market. Um, it's an easy market. Once you conquer Kenya, conquering the rest of East Africa is quite easy, I would say. Um, so I think a lot of investors see that value as well. So that's one of the, I think I would say one of the drivers.
0: Cool. So, so what, are you, what are your plans? How are, how are you going to con- conquer Kenya? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm uh, still in progress, um, <laughs> definitely. But uh, we're just trying to kind of um, streamline the processes that we have now. We've just, for example, with the with the retail of motorcycles, we've just done a pilot with one. We've done a pilot with two stores, so we're going to be rolling that out and then remaining 90 stores very soon. So for us, it's about uh, making sure the process works and then figuring out how to scale that. Um, not only here but beyond, um, beyond in other african countries
0: so say like we we fast forward maybe a year 14 months what would you like to be looking back on over the next kind of 12 to 18 months
1: um an improved product i would say um, kind of taking customer feedback uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, reviews um, customer requesting requesting other products to be made available through our app as well. So kind of taking that feedback and building out, improving our our product and improving the platform in the process, but also kind of uh, gearing towards the B2C, uh, B2B, sorry, the platform play and um, getting uh, many more partners on board, getting a lot more people to use the Alami API to create the digital insurance products and embed insurance products as well. Um, So yeah, I think for us, we're gonna be focusing on partnerships.
0: Great. So there could be some potential partners listening. Well, I'll leave you with the parting words. What would you say to any potential partners listening?
1: If you're looking to come into the African market or developing uh, markets, uh, please reach out. And also, um, if you're interested in learning more about digital insurance products as well, and how these can be leveraged for various platforms.
0: Cool. And where can people find out more about you and more about Griffin and Lamy?
1: Uh, on our website, lamy.world and uh, joingriffin.com.
0: Thanks very much. Cheers, Jihan.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn. And please visit our website, insuretechireland.org. See you next week.